I, Good we morning. need to figure out a way to get uh, Ray that hat. So here we are live. Once Robbie, again, you fans, need, you need to ship that hat to Ray. I've got uh, one that has a green base symbol on the front right here. Well, Same thing, only black. That's insulting and uncalled for, but I would wear <laughs> I would wear something like that in Florida without the Green Bay emblem. But he'd be the coolest guy in all of Florida. Oh, he wants a goat hat for the Mr. Brady. Get me one with Efren on there, and I'll I'll, I'll consider. Oh, that. absolutely! Isn't that something? Wasn't yeah, yeah. that something to see that old man come alive like that in that one pocket? Everybody was just like watching you know what i mean following him along it's pretty awesome it's pretty special i bet there was crowds all around yeah i mean you know who knows how many more times you're going to get the chance to see it from going deep in a big one pocket event right and, and then play well, to that pretty, level you know pretty deep in the banks too yeah and even the nine ball yeah that a man he ended up uh he ended up ninth and overall for the he master spotted, of the table ain't that something he spotted the whole field teeth you know it's pretty strong you know, sometimes you just got to do that, you know? <laughs> sometimes you just got to go. Well, Ray, you were there. So uh, tell us what you thought. Well, what, what was the experience like? This is my second time playing in the Derby. Uh, I only went for the nine ball, but I was there um, uh, a day early and pushed onto TBD. So I didn't get to play uh, the first day of the nine ball, which I think was Wednesday. Um so I was TBD basically all day until they told me I had to come back the following morning. So I, you know, practiced when I could and watched some good matches in the one pocket because one pocket was still uh, going on and overlapping with uh, the nine balls. What about the derbies? You get a collection of a lot of the top players uh, known and unknown in one place and get to see some really beautiful pool. Um, and if you're interested in learning at all, you know what I mean, and getting some, you know, uh, active viewing of stuff like one pocket it's a great you know there's a lot of matches going on all the time so you're seeing how certain players will react in certain situations how they'll handle managing certain situations and the different styles and stuff and it's kind of it's kind of really great so um you know once the nine ball got going obviously there was uh, issues with the schedule and it's kind of brutal so that's never you know a fun thing to have to be a part of you know to go through that kind of a uh, grind with so little certainty as to when you're going to play and how and uh, all that stuff. So I think it, it there's things they can do to improve uh, on the tournament management side. I don't see why they don't have a conversation with digital pool um, today, you know, and have them say, Hey, this is a format. Can you make it clean and lean and fast and something we can deploy? And that way there could be live scoring at the tables. You know, everybody's got a phone. They can live score their matches. People could get a better idea uh, and you make think, it. More Ray, do you think the buyback has a, an issue there with that? I mean, it interjects itself into the schedule. It's, it's just a programming situation. Yeah, okay. it's just a Boolean. That's all it is, Boolean switch. Okay. Yeah, just, it, they, Digital Pool could do that no problem. It would be very okay. easy for them, and they just redraw the bracket every time. You get a text message or an email or something, whenever you have an assignment with you, all that stuff could be deployed really fast. So okay. even the staff that was at Derby, you know, they were like, oh, this software we're running is like 20 something years old. I'm surprised we have computers uh, that can run it, you know? So it just needs to be overdone, like redone and embraced with something new. I'm pretty sure Digital Pool could code something like that in an afternoon. Um, and then, the well, 
yeah, and then all that stuff, you know, reports our data. I know in the past they've not ever record, reported to Fargo, which is fine. I mean, but even if they don't do that, they could still just have a clean system that gets deployed and people could actively score their People could follow along on, uh, online. There's no, you know, none of this other stuff as far as the inefficiencies of it. And it probably makes scheduling a lot faster because you can submit your scores from the table and there's not that break between, okay, the end of the table match, you know what I mean, to getting to the tournament director and telling them, that, you know, there could be 20 minutes, it'd be 40 minutes, you know, you could probably fill a table a lot faster. So that'll help speed up the event as well. But um, yeah, any of the new stuff, CompuSport could do stuff, uh, digital pool stuff, uh, digital pools, kind of like UI interface and stuff. So yeah, anything is better than whatever they're using now. That's two decades uh, outpaced by current tech. So yeah. Yeah, and, um, uh, I mean, I love it. I, I love digital pool. I think that would they would be able to do stuff. Obviously, they're a sponsor of the podcast. So um, I mean, they're, they're, they would be able to code something up and yeah, like you said, probably a, a solid afternoon's worth of work. So, and bringing it into the the twenty first century would be significantly better than the way that they do it now, uh, especially with the website. I mean, the website is like torture to use. It's it's, yes. it's constantly <laughs> crashing. Like it doesn't refresh; it just crashes. Like after five minutes, it just crashes. <laughs> it's they did didn't yeah. they break a record for attendance? And certainly the banks, I believe they I did. I think so. But nine ball also the, the nine ball thing. nine ball had the highest. Uh, recorded uh, um, entries also. I think uh, as far as on the player, I cast in the nine ball, uh, you know, payouts were kind of lean, I think, uh, for as many entrants as there were. I don't remember. Um, I, I thought that in 2018 when I played, there were less players, and I think I cashed more money in seventh round for making it mm -hmm. to seventh round. And so that was kind of like, I don't know, annoying. Um, I, it's hard to know exactly how many buybacks there were and all that other stuff, but it'd be interesting if somebody did a breakdown of what the money situation was, but for that many players in the grind, especially the grind they had to go through, I think we went Friday, uh, finishing at 2 a.m., uh, roughly the last round. I played around, um, time and then had to be back at the venue, uh, for a 9 a.m. match the following morning and then that started the 24-hour grind 9 a.m till you know 9 9 30 when they finished on sunday morning um so that's, kind of I mean, that, that's as far as how how tournaments go yeah it's it there's an admirable part to it right like oh wow somebody you know went through that they shouldn't have to go through that no you know? a professional pool player should not and I mean, if anything, this goes into like the, the CD part of the game, right? If you're supposed to be up for 24 hours straight, well, who does that truly benefit? It's not going to, it's not going to truly benefit the people like Fedor Gorse, although he never misses, so it doesn't really matter. But I mean, that that's honestly, that's going to, um, that's going to benefit the people who use, let's say, extracurriculars while they play pool. Well, you know? it's not, it's not beneficial to anyone really, you know, they, it, people will have to deal with it. And obviously like Federer and Shane and Alex were the top three guys. And those guys are used to grinding, but it's, and then two of those guys had to fly to Poland, you know, the next day, you know, and that's I mean, the picture of Joshua Filler. Just so passed out. 
Oh my god, yeah. But I mean, Matrim maybe could have done a little better job of like scheduling when they did the World Championships. As a, you know, they. I mean, the Derby is a ranking event, you know. Yeah. So there's that as well, right? Like, you're basically forcing guys to travel or pick. A lot. A lot of the players didn't even want to come to Derby from Europe because uh, they didn't want to have to go sure. through that slog. You know, some of them did. You know, Miesko yeah. was there, and you know, a few guys that you know from Canada, like John, John Moore, was there. You know. Obviously, they're they're stateside, but we probably would have seen more European and Asian players if there was a little bit of a, a gap between the Derby and the and the World. Yeah. So, well, Tyler yeah. mentioned that he was, you know, he he opted out, forfeited out of a match he hadn't lost yet on the, in the one pocket against just Hennessey, to get some yeah. sleep. It was a it, and it was a late. It was a late, and you know, Tyler, I saw him play a four, like a four and a half earlier in the day. So sometimes that can happen, you know, just that. Oh yeah. It's a race to three, so it could be over in 40 minutes, but it could also be four hours, depending yeah. on just the tone of the game. And if you have somebody who's going to be defensive and try and – Yeah, Billy Thorpe played a game like that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So was longer there, than was, there was multiple matches that went, you know, three or four hours, absolutely, th yeah. throughout the tournament. And it's going to slow things down too, but that's the nature of one pocket. You know, you're you're – you're playing one pocket, <laughs> so it's yeah. not ball, right? So yeah, Ed said that you know the interference of some of the players having flights to go to Poland and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, time restraints difficult. Yeah, yeah it's just it, it's a it's a it's a rough situation for sure. And then yeah, you know it's going to get bigger the, next year. There's going to be more people going next year. Too, they have a contract. They got to be out by a certain amount of time too. So they you know once the players were done, they had to go through all their teardown process and you know undo the tv arena and all the media stuff that goes with that so it's a it's a logistical it was kind of the most scattered i kind of felt like it was like we had this um we had this coast challenge like a league event you know that happens every year and just so many players are there it's like and i remember they had some problems one year where the timing of it was really rough and I had to wait some like 10, 12 hours between matches to finish the nine ball singles event or something. Wow. And I, was, I was waiting. I didn't know when I was going to play. And it gave me heavy that vibes, right? Like that kind of like big league event, but 700 and 800 Fargo's, you know? So it's like, it's, a, you know, it wasn't ideal, you know, as far as the scheduling goes, you know? And, you know, you, I mean, you, you limitations or the semifinals last few rounds without commentators because commentators you know left and or fell asleep or did what they had to do so maybe they'll do like voiceovers with those uh, since they were recorded on the on the tv table arena or whatever but you know it's is just uh players i guess they've ever had uh tighter pockets so more misses and you know stuff maybe adding to two matches going longer and well, uh, let's, it, let's it, take it, this it, into it, what tyler posted it's still enjoyable yeah tyler had this you know tyler steyer he had the the post and it was a little bit controversial he ended up taking it down and explaining himself why he did but essentially the idea of his post was that the reason it's going so long is not only because of the higher entries but because they had the tighter pockets um the slower conditions and when you when you add banks and uh one pocket with a bunch of really just awfully slow conditions it's going to make the game slow down quite a bit and the, some of these rounds were i mean some of these one pocket matches were taking three four hours uh, you just you can't run an event this big and yeah. have I also rounds saw, that last that long i also 
I also saw a lot of players that were just, you know, bangers, you know, not sure. not elite players. There was, there was a lot of players there that were just playing. Well, and then play, you have other you great know. players who uh, chalked the queue 4,000 times in a row before shooting a single ball in one pocket. Yeah, there, there was that too, but I mean, you know, it, it, it's hard when you have such – there's big disparities in skill levels. I don't really think – there. I didn't really play on, on too many tables that were super slow. Um, I think maybe the conditions might fluctuate slightly because of humidity and different stuff, and it was very wet. It was a very wet derby, a lot of rain and stuff outside. Maybe that had something to do with it. But I know, like, in the mornings when they would clean stuff, everything played very quick and clean and normal. Um well, I think like at the international, when I went and played the international, there were times where the tables felt really hit balls, you know. So maybe there's something to say about the the the, the flooded Simona situation. That's a conversation you have with Ivan Lee. But you know, my matches when I I played a lot of matches back to back sometimes on the same table because I'd finish a table and they just bring somebody else for me to play because they're trying to catch up on the schedule. And none of my tables felt super super slow. So. You know, who knows if that's like six, there's different areas, you know, and um, I played one match upstairs and on that table, I did have to kind of get a little bit, you know, more into the ball to get balls into that. But I'm kind of used to that. So it wasn't like as big of a problem. Downstairs, the tables played, you know, quicker and cleaner, I think. So, you know. It's uh we gotta adapt, I guess, until until they heat all the tables, you know, then we're fluctuations in humidity and conditions and all of that. So, you know, if you don't don't want any of that, you know, you wake cloth and things to as consistent as possible, then the diamonds need to be heated. Um, but if not humidity and people coming in and crowding around tables and stuff feeling muddier and slower, the AC goes out, whatever. You know, all how balls play and obviously you're playing so many rounds during the day that if you get stuck with like an 11 o'clock at night match or 1 a.m match you know and everything's super dirty and super chalky because it's been played on all day then those are going to be you know the most least pristine conditions that you can play in whereas if you play that early morning round after being polished and clean then it's going to play like like a normal matchroom table or you know sure. uh tv table would so, so they were cleaning the tables uh, after the play stopped then at night. Yeah, Saturday morning everything was polished and cleaned, and I was like, "Oh, this is nice." But now I got to change the break because the night before, I play, I was playing more of like a spin break on the cut break and making the wing ball a lot and controlling the one. And I was kind of dialing into it, but with the super polished and clean conditions, you that break doesn't do much for you. So mm -hmm. you got to play more center withdraw and adjust okay. your. So, so uh, not in a mic said they asked Billy Thorpe to play a one ball one pocket game when his match was held. Do you hear? It? Is that is that a I, thing? I he saw had, that happening. And Billy, Billy said that, and he had a Billy super was a little wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unfair to ask him to do that. I mean, yeah, that's silly. It's stupid. You just gotta let him finish the match, and it was double hill anyway. So the thing yeah. is, they had like a, a long, long uh, game. It was like two hours, two and a half hour game. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, and it went down to the ball um, with him and I think Anthony Miglino from Florida. And I, could, I was surprised Billy got out because Billy was in a dead trap. He was down six or six to two in the ball count. 
Uh, Anthony was up two to one, and all the balls were wedged up in Billy's corner. And uh, apparently uh, Anthony missed a shot at his case ball because he wanted to protect the cue ball from selling out in case he missed. And then Billy ran a few back, and then it got down to two balls, Anthony needing one, Billy needing two. And Billy came with a crazy back cut, four rail, cross table position to get behind Anthony's ball <laughs> to make a double hill and then uh, beat him in the in the last game. But I'm glad he stood up for himself because uh, that's not, you know, that's just the nature of the game. You know, you got into a wedge game. It's like you're playing Nick Varner. Nick Varner wants to play a five hour game. So you just go cross eyed and shoot a ball in the rail and leave him open. So well, I guess to yeah. that, I would say, um, with all this, it sounds like the, this this is not sustainable for the future, right? I mean, you you can't have this type yeah. of uh, playing conditions under every year. Players just won't show up. The real. Go ahead. At least venue. If you're going to have more players like this, like you're going to have five, six hundred players in it yeah. in a tournament, you need more tables. So if that's the so direction that, so that that's they're going the in. Well, how, how do you make this? If that's the direction uh, if you're going to do it this way, can the can the venue sustain more tables? I've never been there. Uh, I've never had an interest in going to the Derby. Uh, the idea of the Derby just it's just not appealing to me. I, I would much rather go to like a U.S. Open where it's just a flat tournament. It, there's no shenanigans on the side. Whether those are good or whether they're bad, I it's just not the it's just not for me. Uh, I like just the straight you know tournament play. Uh, with that being said, I mean, is this sustainable in the future? Can the venue hold more? Do they need to find a new venue? What you know, how do they make this sustainable towards the future, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so they would, if they're going to keep the venue, the fields, you know, uh, 527 uh -huh. for the nine ball is too much considering how big the one pocket and banks was. So they got to cap the fields if they want to keep the venue size the same because it, you know, I'm pretty sure they're at capacity with what they can do at that venue. Um, if Unless they, they want to let it grow. The, and, uh, the, the, uh, the the gambling rooms, right? Yeah, you would you would, would chop up maybe the gambling room. room. You would have to shorten the races. You'd have to do. You'd have to make considerations to make things go quicker. Uh, I don't think shortening the race in the banks of one pocket makes sense, but maybe in the nine ball. Uh, um, but you know, that race to nine is kind of quick with two. You know, with two uh, really good players, it's you know, it's a it's a you know, a few innings really, you know, that you're, you know, you have a liberty to maybe make a mistake or come back from, you know, two innings, maybe that, that can be worthwhile. But if you want to let it grow and continue to be bigger, then they need to look at a different location and, and elves have better amenities, you know, um, make it easier for, you know, players to function and get their information and have it be, you know, scheduled better. So, it's it's probably the most difficult I've ever derby. I haven't really been to derby religiously forever, but you know, Scott Frost posted something too. Like you either have to shorten, right, or get more tables, you know, or play it out over an extra day. To ask the players to play a twenty-four hour gauntlet on four oh, hours. Oh, I hate that. I hate is, that. It's not fair to them, you know, especially because I mean, it's it's a ranking event too, you know. Yeah, so, right. right. And that's where I think, and that's where Tyler has it right. I mean, his eyes are on the prize. He doesn't care about one yeah. market. No, I think it was a smart. I think it was a smart, uh, is a pragmatic approach for him to to forfeit the match against Hennessy because Hennessy's match, and his match is probably going to take a long time. You know. And 
Hennessy's torture to play against to begin with. <laughs> well, I mean, Hennessy, I mean, to his credit, he played great. I mean, he played smart yeah. one pocket. His matches weren't like six hour gauntlets or anything stupid. So, you know, it's it's just more of like Tyler's focused on the nine ball. That's his priority. And he's got us conserve energy, not just for this event, but he, he just landed in Poland. So it's like, do I want to stay up till potentially three thirty in the morning, four in the morning, sure. and then come back and play? You know, it just didn't. It it makes sense to conserve your energy as much as possible, especially when you're already grinding. He finished top eight also in the nine ball. Him and Donnie both had really good events, um, and uh, yeah, you know, smart choice I think from his part when you're considering what's valuable for him. I'd like to yeah, give a little shout out to a local uh, player from our area, Twin Cities here. Uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Jesse Engel had a had a really he nice. He made a deep run, top eleven. He, he had a real nice tournament, and uh, he, he's been battling away for a yeah, few years now, five six years to improve his game, and it's it's paid off for him. Well, he was uh, his match with Jason that got he got knocked out was pretty strong. He played really well. Was up eight to five, I think, uh -huh. and broke, broke dry. And then uh, Jason ran like a very casual, very fast three pack to make a double hill. Like just, I feel like Jason has this superpower of just like <laughs> playing fast. Pressure doesn't get a chance to catch up to him. You know, he's uh. just doing it so much. It's kind of like his style, go, 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 which is awesome. You know, not, a lot, not, not a lot of people can do that. All super clean, got it to double hill and then broke dry himself. And left kind of an awkward position. Um, overhead. Jesse took a break, came back, tried to thin the one and go up table for safe and didn't get him behind anything and just left the edge of the one. And uh, Jason got to the shot, saw you can make it, took a breath, ran out, beat him double hill oh. and knocked him out. So, um, yeah. I, I heard there was a lot of issues with, with, uh, with also for wireless. So that's that's an issue too, especially for people who are, are you know, streaming stream. I think if you have so many people there, you have to have separate uh, wireless servers. You know, one set of bandwidth okay. set aside for the people that are doing the PPV stuff, and one that's like a general especially if you're charging the amount bandwidth. that you are. Yeah, exactly, and you know it's part of your product. Those are some crazy and I, prices. Uh, the the price doesn't matter if the product is worth the price, right? So the price becomes an issue when you pay that price and you have all the interruptions in service and you don't get the multi-table access and all this other stuff. So that's that's the issue that you need to safeguard against. And the venue, which I have no dealings with the venue, but to me, I provide a pipe for the people doing the PPV stuff, Ray Hansen and... AccuStats and all of them, and then a separate general access Wi-Fi that people can use to stream on their phones and do whatever they want, you know? Um, so, again, I have no clue what, what the what the dealings were with the venue, but if that, that to me is a, a fail on, on the venue kind of setting up the uh, failure, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, I, I don't. I would 
definitely like to not have it capped in any sort of way. I think I think this is kind of one of the events that, especially with the way the U.S. Open is going now. Of, of, of course, the U.S. Open anybody can sign up, and that's it's not super hard to do that, uh, assuming that you're on top of things. But you need to have good, I think Derby City you need to have Classic good and get in on the first ten yeah, minutes. Right. Or, uh, but the idea is like, a, you know, for the most part, you can kind of get into it, but it's getting harder and harder, like you, like you said. So this is kind of that one event where, like, you know, the pros mix with the amateurs and the ball bangers and, you know, the casual fans. And I think that this is if, – if there's one thing that the Derby City is uh, outside of the gambling, uh, it is kind of a, a tournament by and of the – of the people because at the yeah. end of the day if you got 527 competitors or whatever you said that it was i mean that is you have you have 300 ball bangers and i mean ball bangers in the sense that you're not a world quality player yeah like, and there was matches there was a, later into the rounds like round four or five where you're like man what's going on here you know it's like how these guys make it here yeah. So it is a tournament of the people for the people in a sense. And, you know, it's, it's one of the great places where an amateur can get out there yeah. and potentially draw, you know, in their, their second round, maybe they draw Fedor Gore. So they draw Jeff DeLuna or an Efren Reyes. I mean, could you imagine what would it be like if you like you're, you're just some 400 Fargo APA two and you draw your uh, Efren Reyes? You know how freaking cool that would be? I mean, that'd be that'd be something no one would ever believe. I lit a little candle every night and said a prayer to the pool god saying, send me Efren so I can play a match with him. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's I got, beautiful. I got a full guard. Instead, he watches me practice every day back. back uh, <laughs> yeah, right. They heard about your outburst at the, you know, your little outburst at the International Open. They said he's not worthy. So uh, that guy, that guy's lucky. I'm a very, uh, very <laughs> patient and humble human being. A lot of my friends that were uh, high school level players were like, "You should just punch that guy in the face." I'm like, "Man, <laughs> is this is this how you guys resolve stuff when you're eight, seven, fifty, eight hundred? You start punching people. That's how it works." Yeah. Well, we got Isaac Wooten in here now. Yeah, we uh, we mentioned a digital pool. A digital pool. You got to get with these guys. Take over their uh, their entire bracket system. It is an absolute Isaac nightmare. Could make, Isaac could make Isaac could make avocado toast. Uh, and fat about as fast as you could probably do it uh i'm pretty sure like yeah I mean, man, it would it, be delicious i i can't imagine that it would be i can't imagine i mean i i'm the i have a degree in computer science i feel like i could code this in probably two hours i i mean obviously i can't do the the back end stuff to you know incorporate everything but the, just the algorithm to do it, it it's not so what do you think about rotating the the games, in other words, don't have one pocket in the middle between banks and nine ball. Have it at the end. Have banks, nine ball, and then one pocket at the end. I don't know. I, I kind of like I don't the, know that it matters. the traditional side of it. I mean, they, they've always done it that way. It's never been right. a problem before. So, you know, I mean, it's a it's a grind, you know, the thing event, you know, like Federer last year was like gassed out in, in the nine ball. And he'd done really deep in the, in the big foot and did well in the banks in the one pocket. And then kind of lost out in the middle of the nine, and you know, I don't remember it being like like people talking about it like 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 this. So uh, pockets were also a little bit bigger, and you know, little things like that. And imagine the one pocket they played with the rule where you can't both be negative in fouls. So like if, if we were both minus two in fouls, we'd be at zero. So that speeds up the game also. That's and, a good idea. Yeah, that that that's that was implemented 
this tournament. Imagine if it wasn't, you know, you'd have guys taking or or I wouldn't even hate it. I wouldn't even hate if it's like you got to minus three, it's an automatic loss of game. Oh, because then you're just deciding to foul. And I, and sure. I get there are absolutely situations you're using where, it as an option. Yeah, it's a valid option. So now if you go minus one, you take a foul, then I go to minus two instead. You know what I mean? Right. That's, that's how it works. You can't. But I, I don't hate the idea of that because you can when you're taking purposeful fouls and you're getting, you know, we've all seen, though, that horror, you know, that that horror game at yeah. some point in time where it's minus seven to minus nine. And yeah. next thing you know, they're they're just stacking balls up on the spot over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> every time they get to a potential rule where if you get more than a certain number of balls in the kitchen, you would respot them back down and bring them into play. Uh-huh. Um, I like that. That kind of I, undoes the wedge thing, but I mean, the wedge is a tactic, you know. Yeah, it's I was like, going to say that, that's that's the that's one of the biggest. I mean, talk about like uh, you're moving down table. I would say the the thing that makes the one pockets the best players out there is the ability to manage up table games. I did see some pretty amazing. Like I'm in the mood now, not in the mood, but. You know, I I want to learn one pocket. I feel like it fits the way I think about the game and just it's something I want to learn how to play. And I got to see some really high level one pocket matches in spots where guys and didn't win. And we're talking about world class players and guys that were you could tell were very savvy, very experienced one pocket players, just kind of casual, taking their time and working their way through it, you know what I mean? And coming back to, to steal matches against world-class players, guys that are like, you know, like Jay Bird from North Carolina. He played an amazing match with Mika um, and 2-0, and Jay Bird came back and, and stole the match, 3-2. Um, and you could just see the guy lock in and kind of go to work, you know? And every shot he took, he never exposed himself, never sold out, managed to score, managed the balls, really fought his way through and earned – a uh, pretty strong match. He made a decent run in the one pocket also. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, maybe maybe doing the, the one pocket first. Banks is definitely a more aggressive game. It's a faster game. So, you know, like I think the Banks tournament first helps improve the banking in the one pocket. Sure. But, you know, if you did it first, maybe the one pocket, you know, banking will help set people up for the more aggressive nine ball banks and then uh, – in the end, it's it's you know, it definitely picks up steam because nine ball banks you never really see drawn out matches taking yeah. six out. You know, you know I I was watching Sky in one of the bank uh, games, and he and uh, he has the ability to hit those banks with exactly the right speed. Every bank, he he never shoots a bank soft, not ever. It's well, he hits, he hits him more firm. I think Fetter is yeah. better better at the at the blend of speeds. Okay. Uh, Skyler well, has his speed that's optimized. Like I think yeah, most Sky, players hit pepper him in. Uh, yeah. Sky plays a lot like Billy, who plays a lot like uh, Brumbach. It's, it's orthodox bank pool. It's yeah, orthodox. Okay. That's like the established. This is how you play bank pool. So if you 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 know, but. If you just think about ball pocketing, you open the pocket up a lot when you slow the speed down. And a lot of guys don't want to have to kind of execute with the slow rolling ball. But better at a high level from straight into the back, we leave him that one ball near the opposite long, you know, short rail, and he just. Well, it's easier to play safe that way. 
yeah, the strategy too, you know, if you miss, it's good for yeah. you too. So it's like, it's all good. You know, it's all good for you. If you and uh, if you leave the ball uh, one by one diamond, better, I think hits speaking, it's super tough answer. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, but Sky, Sky, Sky is uh, fearless when it comes to the banks. I saw him. I played fearless. him the nine ball. And, oh, yeah. I played him so the nine ball. And he, he back cut a straight back in the corner on me. To I broke him in the first game, and the second game I left. I think I broke dry and left him with the one ball on the short rail. He just bang, peppered it back in. He did the same thing to Shane. If you watch the match on him and Shane on YouTube. Uh, uh, late in the tournament, he plays Shane, and Shane plays safe, sends the eight ball up table, leaves him a ball. He can see the eight, and he just peppers it right back. One rail straight back and got two <laughs> rails straight on, on the nine straight in. So Sky doesn't really care who you are. He's just going to come with that bank. <laughs> wow, was he impressive? I was impressed. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think Nate Kennis's, uh comments kind of interesting, too. Uh, it's How weird is it that you can have a ranking, a matchroom ranking event it, there, how many players are under 21 now that can really, you know, make a, a serious run at the European or the, or even the U.S. Um, Moscone Cup team? But like, um, like a Moritz Neuhausen comes to mind. Uh, of course, Eklund Kachi yeah. in the past, um, Fedor Gorse in the past. But like, it's like actually like Fetter a pretty was huge disadvantage to not. Sorry. Yeah, Fedor was barred and he was a world nine ball champion. So imagine that. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean. And at the time, I guess the the matchroom rankings weren't in existence like they are now. Of course, that started last year. But let's just take like a Moritz Newhausen for example. Like he's he's probably he's not a favorite, obviously, to make the the team Europe. But he's probably a couple years away if if he can continues to uh, come you know uh, progress the way that he is. It's actually a huge disadvantage to not have the ability to get these ranking points because this is actually. You know, this is a real event. There's a lot of money for for first place in this. What is it, sixteen thousand for first place? I mean, that is that's more than three Euro tours. That's that's huge. Yeah, it, it should be a lot more. Yeah, um, it should, that's about, that's should, about hundred grand well, less than what it should be. Yeah, it should I, be I don't disagree more. with that necessarily. Hundred and sixteen is what it should be. Yeah, especially especially for how hard it is to go through six or seven <laughs> straight. Right. Tours, you know, you're, you're playing like, especially once you get past round eight. At that point, it's just uh, you know you're 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 walking through, you know, them down. It's like Hercules with uh, whoever, you know. So, yeah, I mean, they should be paid a lot more. Um, and, but at the and, same time, I would assume that a lot of the money, or at least a percentage of each entry, goes to Master of the Table. I would assume. I have no idea. I have no idea what the, maybe maybe uh, somebody from, you know, from the Derby organization can say how they assemble. The, the money master table is awesome it's a great bonus you know what i mean and it's cool that you get to figure out you know there's always an update going as like who's pot. I, I think chohan had a, a shot to get there he did master, have a shot you yeah. know because he was deep in in all the events and um gerson martinez from peru uh again showing another strong latin push in a big event like tevez um well he won the the texas and gerson did and then tevez goes uh, runner-up at the World Ten Ball last year, and Gerson's. I think now he's staying in Poland right now for the for the World Nine Ball, and he drew Mika, I think, first round. So that's going to be a brutal. And he's unseated, you know. Mika's seated, but that's a rough first draw for both guys. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> it's uh, you know, there are very few cupcakes out there. You know. Well, when you, yeah, when you're talking about 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> 
when you're talking about yeah. 128 of the best players in the world, and like you said, like you want, we started this by saying you wanted an invite to this thing, and you didn't, you know, you didn't get one. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. players who, especially <laughs> as China comes who... back uh, and opens up. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get in. You gotta. I, I think. I think Matchroom probably prioritizes people who are traveling to plenty of guys who are just more able to go to all the events, you know, so they're going to get uh, the call on more stuff. Um, there's some, like, I think I'm a seated player on go to an event, like on the American points events that, you know, they have me on a list as a seated player. Um, so I get preferential, you know, first bid. So I'm going to go to the North Carolina. Is it North Carolina event uh, or Virginia event? I think it's Virginia. They're having one at racks and then they're going to have one at uh, amazing billiards uh up i think up by you right nate it is an amazing Billiards. Amazing, that's in outside of boston oh okay yeah yeah that's so the, I'm go place. yeah so i want to go check out amazing he's having a three cushion event uh uh that week as yeah. well i'd love to play both events honestly but i can't i can't take off the event uh having not practiced <laughs> three cushion for a while but um yeah, so amazing billiards will be up there, and then I I want to check out Jason's event because I haven't been to his room, but I hear his room is really nice. Oh, it's amazing! It's absolutely yeah, amazing. Nate, you've been to his room. Right? Oh yeah, you have get their food. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's another oh. thing too that that I wanted to bring up about the venue. I have a friend of mine, Matt Katie, a super sweet guy from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and he, you know, I I shared an Airbnb with Mika Nayuki, uh, Blaine Barkas from Texas, and then Matt was there uh, with another guy from Sioux Falls. And he was talking about his discrepancies with the venue as just a guest, you know, somebody who's not playing, uh, but feeling a little bit of like the negative side of having so many people with uh, staff that maybe was a little understaffed. And then the food sucks because you're in a casino and they had, uh, I think they only had like one or two places that were open in the yard uh, food place area. So you limited dining options and everything. Things more expensive. Um, and it just kind of felt like, you know, less uh, welcoming than it should. When you write down, I had an, another friend of mine, Lisa from Miami. She was there uh, traveling uh, to help support some of the Spanish guys, including some guys from Sin as well. And they were talking about, you know, just their takeaways as far as food, the hospitality of the event um, side of it. So when you think about a venue that caters to players, people, you know, that's a that's a factor, you know, when you want to bring it and draw more people. Uh, it's something that I think about too, you know, when I think about what would be the best uh, structure to help. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, it was still fun. You know, it's fun to watch and play pool and for a few days, and that's all you think. So, yeah. Well. Uh... I guess takeaways. Um, I guess we haven't really even said much about the results. Fedor Gors wins Master of the Tables for the second year in a row. Uh, pretty sure that's never been done before. At least to my knowledge, it's never been done before. My friend's done it. Master of the Table twice in a row. I think that's happened before. Has he? Yeah. I mean, Efren won the one years in a row at one point. So I'd imagine he'd have at least a back-to-back. One or two in there. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, Feder Feder is awesome. You know, he played, he won the banks, and then he won the nine ball super late. Apparently, Ed said that Chohan was leading in the all around until Feder made the semifinals of the nine ball. Right. So, 
Federer making the semifinal. And Johan was in the nine ball deep too. You know what I mean? So yes. Johan, if Johan could have kept pushing, it's just kind of brutal because he finishes the finals with a one pocket, has this huge high, and then you got to turn that off and go back and play rotation. You know, again, super, super deep uh, in the event. I know, like, for instance, he finished he finished his match. He had to play a match. And then the winner of that match had to play into Donnie's match. So I was following along with Donnie. So Donnie was waiting late into the morning, you know, like, I don't know, two, two in the morning to play a match. It's kind of brutal. Whoa. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. So tough, you know, tough. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess, is there anything else we want to talk about for there? Yeah. I mean, Shane looked awesome at the, at the, in the nine ball. I really saw, uh, he was the only guy that I saw really putting heavy, heavy racks together in spots. Chris Reinhold to start the match, um, which was, you know, it's tough. He looked, he looked really. Um, I don't, I don't remember seeing a ton of other guys doing that. I know I saw Raga there, which was interesting to see him playing and, and doing decent in the one pocket. You know, he got pretty far in the one pocket considering he's never played really. Um, so he's very talented, obviously. So hopefully we'll see more of him in the states, and. Um, Peggy's looking really strong in the rotation, you know, really moving good and playing good and and leveraging his all-around skill. So, and then Efren, I think, was really the story of in the one pocket being sixty-eight and making, yeah. having. I mean, he could have got the bye to the final, really. You know, he could have. I mean, really, I, I, you know, I'm not exactly sure if all three had a bye or you know, because the way they do the bye is that if you've had a bye, then you're not eligible for another bye until okay. everybody who's available for a bye has had. So they kind of filter that down that. and. Yeah, so he had to play Chohan in the semifinals. Uh, so it could have been the other way around with Efren in the final, Chohan versus the winner of Chohan versus Spinnaker. You know, Efren had the sentimental everybody watching, but I think Tony winning that that tournament for him, you know, it's awesome for him because he's proven, like, you know, he's taken a lot of L's recently in one pocket, and he's so talented. It, it can be very discouraging, you know, when you – put yourself up against the, the top tier players uh, for big money. And, you know, you have close matches and you, you fall short a few times. It can really kind of weigh on you. So for him to get a big W and to have it be something like the Derby one, where, you know, you're, you're, you earn a spot in the rafters and you're part of that, that story tradition forever now is awesome. So, you know, congratulations to him for being. Well, I think there certainly isn't another one pocket event anywhere in the world with that many entries. In it. Yeah, chance. no, no, no. Uh, Derby City is the home. Derby City is the home of Bankpool, and it's the home home of when you think about okay. those two disciplines. It's the premier venue and event for those. Two. Nowhere else in the world does it get showcased. I would push at back that on level. That. I would push back on the one pocket. I think Buffalo's has a pretty good argument for that. The biggest one no, pocket I mean, event in the world. No, no, Buffalo's is great. I mean, it's it's a smaller event, right? So it's like yeah, elite but it's more guy. prestigious. The, the one pocket at Derby is way more prestigious. It's like it just is, you know. I don't. I, th I think if you ask any one pocket player if they'd rather win Buffalo's or if they'd rather win the Derby City, I think they'd say that. I think that's yeah. a Buffalo. If nothing else, just because it's going to yeah. be four times the money. Yeah, they're going to make more money. I'm not. I'm. I mean, that's a that's a that's a logistics thing, but which one is a more perceived as a more prestigious event, it's going to be the Derby One Pocket. 
Well, I, okay, so then I would say what's prestigious when it comes to one pocket. The only thing I think about is prestigious, the, the amount of dollar signs, right? How many, how many, how many digits you got? I mean, in one pocket, I mean, literally, it's, it's, it's not a really about, you know, there is no Hall of Fame one pocket. It's how much money did you make that day? That's what I think of prestige when I think of one pocket. I could be wrong on that, but I'm not looking at it from like a nine no, prestige I, where it's like. Well, there is a one pocket Hall of Fame, and part of the way you you get there is by being a master of what you do. And if you bet where, you know, it's a multidisciplinary thing and what you do in the one pocket affects, you know, something like master the table, it's kind of a little bit broader, I think, than just the one off tournament at Buffalo. And Buffalo's is relatively recent. It hasn't been going on as long as, as Derby. So Derby has tenure and sure. that's it's kind of like people, people work up to that, to that event as like a benchmark. And if you do that in one pocket, you've accomplished Tony's going to be in the one pocket Hall of Fame now, like for sure. If he wasn't already, like he's this generation's best pocket player for the U.S., he can say that he has a Derby one pocket title, and not just like wins on in a money match or wins in a one-off, you know, kind of like right. a high stakes tournament or something. It's like, you know, I think in time maybe Buffaloes could be like another one of those like elite badges, you know, a little like star that you earn on your you know, quest to becoming a top one market player. No, I think Derby gets it by far. So I would say personally, I think it's already there personally, yeah. but um, I, again, I'm, I'm looking at it strictly from a money perspective when you can make, Oh, it, uh, you can make seventy, eighty $80,000 in a, you know, you can make a vehicle, you, know, you can buy a car. You could almost make a house. I mean, they always, they always have over a hundred thousand, usually in the first Calcutta. And then the second Calcutta usually adds another 40,000 there on top yeah. of the, the 32,000 for the, the, the event. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're talking about 150 to $170,000 in an event. And of course the Derby city has that, that almost that amount of coin, if not probably, I guess you'd have to multiply it out, but pretty dang close to that, but they pay out so much deeper because you have all that dead money in there. Have you ever ever watched uh, D two the Mighty Ducks? No. That that movie. You never seen the Mighty Ducks movie? I'm, I've never. I watched like almost no movies ever. You have. You have. Uh, you have missed you. So the Mighty Ducks. There's this Mighty scene Ducks. Is that about hockey? Yeah, the hockey movie. Yeah. So okay. They're they're forming Team USA, right? And there's a scene. Rector. They have a coach, a teacher, who's like actually teaching them academic stuff, and they talk about. The history of the olympics and they asked them you know what was what were they playing for in the early olympics you know what i mean that established the tradition of the olympics that now we recognize for generations and it becomes like the most prestigious thing in sports that you can achieve and it's like the answer was pride you know they played for pride and so you know they they basically fought for nothing you know there was no financial reward but it's universally recognized as the most prestigious thing that you can garner in sports and the able to represent your country for an opportunity to compete on the global stage um, is what kind of makes that universally recognized as something that that supersedes dollar amount. So I think yeah. that the Derby City One Pocket is uh, effectively that for One Pocket for the One Pocket okay. world. It being a subsect of you know a very niche community already, but sure. I'd say I'd say that that's the the top echelon. Yeah. A little bit like the Moscone Cup, too. You know, it's not, you're not a millionaire after you get done playing in it. Who wants Mighty Ducks? What are you talking about? <laughs> you're from Minnesota or something, right? Or Wisconsin or yes. something? I don't know. It's the same thing. 
Yes. Somewhere cold. There's hockey somewhere. In I spent a lot of time on the boards. <laughs> Smashed into the boards. Well, all right. Well, you're back. Let's uh, let's jump into the world uh, nine ball because I think there's there's plenty to talk about, and I think that there's uh, I don't know. I'm pretty excited for this to start up tomorrow. Uh, some pretty brutal matchups. Uh, obviously, the draws out. We're going to take a look at it right now. Um, how brutal is uh, Aloysius Yap drawing Sharik Sayed? Obviously, it's you know there's 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 higher quality quote quote unquote matches, but I mean partners they've they've played the world cup of pool together uh their fellow countrymen that's that's tough action 128 you draw your road dog that's brutal yeah but, uh, I, I guess i'm gonna go through and another brutal draw for shane actually uh masato yosha or uh, yeah yoshiaka is a great player yeah uh, i guess i'm gonna go through this uh anything catches your eye feel free to uh feel free to stop me at any point in time are there more polish players in this than any other nationality? Uh, that's usually the case in just about every tournament, unless it's uh, <laughs> in the U.S. And then, you know, there's probably more Polish people than there was in the Derby City than any other ethnicity well, besides the U.S. And I, I don't think there's, like, you know, just random Polish league players that are playing. I mean, I've only I've only seen some of the top guys, like Wojciech and Mieszko. And is Viktor Zelensky playing? He's got to be in, right? Oh, of course, of course, yes. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Carol's playing. Uh, Tomas Coplin, Conrad, uh, Con- Daniel, uh, Machiol. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, we'll 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 go through this. We'll see. How do you I mean, pronounce his last name, Machiol? I think so. Okay. Machiol or Masiol? I'm not sure which one. Cool. Well, um, Max Lechner and Max Everly should be an interesting match. Yeah, Battle mm-hmm. of the Maxes. That's kind of a fun one. Yeah, uh, Nick Vandenberg. It's pretty sweet to see him back in there. He got he had a, a pretty tough draw, but yeah, he's on. Great to see Nick back. He's unseated, so he's going to get a, a tough draw. But he just won, yeah. I think, a big event in 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 the Netherlands as well. So he's back to playing good. And I think he just signed with Go Custom Cues as well. Yep, <laughs> I saw that. Tyler yeah. plays Mason. <laughs> yeah, that's a brutal one. They're from Both. their backyard. <laughs> They're neighbors. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Mason lives, or uh, Tyler Steyer lives in Oshkosh now, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and uh, Mason's living in Appleton, which is literally about a 20-minute drive between the two of them. <laughs> they grew up probably an hour and a half from each other. It's kind of a brutal oh, yeah. draw. So a uh, Canadian player, Eric, got uh, got asked to play, huh? Yeah, Eric, uh, Horlison, yeah. 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 I played him so, out in Vegas one year about 10 years ago. We got. Uh, I think the, the tournament Steven is starting Hall. off. I think the uh, tournament is starting off with this match right here. It's uh, Wojtek Shevchuk versus uh, Bashar. I think that's what's starting the. Uh, that's the first match that's getting everything underway. So that's pretty cool. Tough, tough. Imran Majid's been playing some great pool. This is this is going to be no. This is a uh, this is a fun one to start out with. Marco Tauscher and Imran Majid. Guess going through the rest of these, you guys. Uh, have you guys taken a look at all any of this stuff yet? No, I haven't. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, sure. I know he's uh, gross at at certain point. That's going to be like a tough first round match. Yeah, match, I think. The uh, oh yeah, um, Michael Schneider and Alex Pagulain. That's a pretty brutal draw for both of them. Joe Spence, huh? 
Yeah, Joseph Spencer. He was one of the players I he was uh, one of the players I played against uh, at VNEA Masters last year. Uh huh. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to come out on the good side of that one. So really, where's my invite? Come on. Just kidding. Yeah, where's yours? <laughs> uh, who else we got in here? Uh, oh, this is a Shane and, and Demetrius. Who's that? Uh, Eklund Kachi and Demetrius uh, Lakatis. That's uh, that's a pretty tough match. Kachi and Lukatis. Yeah, that's interesting because the last I think we saw of Kachi was at the U.S. Open, and he played really great. I mean, he did, yeah, didn't he did. like like beat out Fedor, I think, right? Filler in the round of yeah, was it yeah. Filler? Yeah, he crushed Filler, I think, in the round of eight or sixteen or something like that. Yeah. What country yeah, like, is Aziz like, oh. from? Playing what? Victor. Yeah, that. Oh, that I, one right I, there, yeah. I don't know. Aziz Musadi. I'm not entirely sure. I don't Is know he... that. I've never seen that flag. I don't think. So Victor's Victor's playing. He's going to be, I think, one of the guys to watch because he had such so many close tournaments. You know, getting getting to the finals, making deep runs. I agree. Well, he had like the the inverse Francisco here, where he made the finals every time but didn't win. <laughs> here we have a podcast fella. Chris is on there playing. Yeah. School. Unfortunately, we got a root against Sky Woodward, it looks like. Bummer. Did you get a polo? Did, did you get him a cue it up polo? Oh, yeah. shit. What was I thinking? Yeah. What were you yeah. thinking? Bro? Well, no, I, I said in our group, whoever wants one, just let me know. And I only got one response. So Pinoso's getting I got, one. I got I got to send you a logo. I have a, I have a logo. That I, that I you can to. do that. But do it soon. Do it soon. Yeah, I will. There's no repercussions if you don't. Just do it soon. Jose uh, Alberto Delgado is playing Joey Tate. Uh, that'll be. I'm happy to see that Joey's uh, got 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 invited. I think that match he played with Shane was like a really, a really oh. big kind of like uh, boost for him, and it and he him to the to the matchroom people. So it's kind of great that he's in personally and for oh, the absolutely. world. Yeah, it's great. Know? It's great to see you know young kids. Um, can super well mannered. Super uh, well brought up. His whole family, his two sisters, his baby sisters, very talented. I'm excited to kind of see her, uh, her grow up. Bethany, you know, the, Bethany the and Noel her. both are. Bethany and, and Noel are both like. This will be the Cohen. Uh, yeah, right, Aranis right here. This is the match of the opening team. round, I think. Yeah, well, Cope, James yeah, Aranis and Copingi. Aranis has been in the Philippines, right? Um, since last Just year. Just about yeah. Been, yeah, I think was he not traveling with Dennis when all that went down? And so I think he's been in the Philippines ever since. So it'll be good to see him back on the international slowly improved. Um, yeah. You know, and just grinding really hard. And good to see, you know, it's a tough, tough matchup for the coach, but it's, you know, two champions. Brutal. Going. Brutal, yeah. Absolutely brutal. Rob, Robbie Capito's been playing really well. He had a, a strong derby, made a deep run. He did have a good yeah, derby. I think who's he playing first round, Nate? I think I think he just passed. Uh, yeah, it's totally in That's gonna be a match. That's a, the Vietnamese player, right? Yeah. Uh, no. From uh, it's not Vietnamese. Um, right. It's I uh, but I think he, he he was at the U.S. Open. I, I believe he played really good. And I believe I believe this is Phuc Long. So yeah. Fuklong gets to play Moritz Newhausen. Fun. Fuklong is a really funny guy. Tough match. Super sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah, super nice. Yeah, super nice. 
And there it is. That's uh, that's the Who's draw, that? I guess. Uh, Who's Francisco Sanchez replaying? So Shaw. Oh, isn't So Shaw yeah, based so in based in the UK in, in in England? I think. Does he not live there? Because Darren played him a set. I think. Well, he's recently. certainly not playing under the the British flag or the, no, the English flag. The Indian flag, maybe. No, that's not the Indian flag either. I don't know. Is that the Dutch flag? No. 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 We need, I don't know. We need... I don't know what that flag is, but I know it's not the Indian flag. Indian flag is only uh, three colors. It doesn't have the little symbol on it. Someone's out there has got to be a flag expert. Wasn't this like a? Is I don't watch this show either, but somebody told me like the Big Bang guy is like a, a flag expert or has like a show on flags. Is that right? Oh, I see. It's oh, really? Flag. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so wealth. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, he he beat Appleton in a in a Morocco money uh, game. So tell us. Aziz is from Morocco. That's Morocco. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, I, I think see. it is the Moroccan flag. Yeah, I believe that is true. So I guess uh, this is this is our bracket. Uh, do we want to pick a couple winners? How about we all pick two players and let's see it. Let's uh, let's give a little swing as to who's who's going to be coming out ahead on this. Who's um? OK, Ray, do you want it? Who who's Wolford and Kachi? <laughs> Jason is playing. Oh, Francisco. oh, Frank Candela. Dang it. Oh, we must not have been all the way down. Oh, yeah. We will skip over. That's a brutal draw for Frank. Frank's a podcast favorite. We love Frank. That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah I mean, Jason's, <laughs> Jason's playing. Jason's playing unbelievable right now. So it's going to be. He really yeah. is. Brutal he, is he, is, he is something to watch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, all right, Ray. We'll get since uh, you're the newest to the podcast. We'll give you the option. Do you want to do you want to go first and last, or do you want to go third and fourth? We'll do the snake draft style. Um, who are we picking? Just two? Yeah, we'll just pick two. It'll be fun. Two to two to all the way in the finals. Yep. Just this or, round, or well, I'm, I'm or, looking at. I'm looking win. at the two I'm it's picking right now. To win, okay. Um, or do you guys, or do you guys yeah. want to do three? You guys want to do two or three? Elton's on the list, right? Where's he at? Yeah, he's up there. We went by him. Albin is right here. Juan Carlos Esposito. Esposito. I don't know Esposito, but he's a Spanish guy, apparently. Um, all right, well, can we pick two two big guns and a dark horse? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds fun. All right, I, I will go uh third and fourth third and fourth all right rob you want to go first and first and sixth or do you want to go uh second and fifth second and okay fifth. then i'll go first and last my first pick i will take fedor he's not on the list fedor's not all that he can't leave the country of course uh, like okay, well, i'll take philip wop, wop, wop. welcome to current events yeah i know I'll take Steeler. I wasn't even prepared for my own game. No. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see what uh, everybody out there. Let's hear from you guys. Two people no. that you want to pick and a dark horse. Pick your first player. I did. Filler. I'll okay, take I'm going to take oh, uh, Zelensky and Shaw. Oh, you you get one pick, Rob. Then you got to wait. You want Zelensky or you want what? Shaw? You get to pick. Yeah, you pick second one. and fifth. You cheater. Zelensky. Zelensky. All right. He wants. It. Third and Who do you fourth. got, right? Back to back. I will pick. Can you can you scroll for me again? There. Let me just see what's going sure. on. Sure. Up or down? Up, up, all the way to the top. 
Like you never, never stop. All the way to the top. One up. Okay, I'm going to pick Shane as one. And then I'll pick... Um, This is riveting for all the people who are watching on News Channel 8. If you're yeah. listening to the old, either, uh, the audio version, you got to be watching on News Channel 8 and you can uh, get who'd all the you pick? Uh, who, who, who did you pick? Um, I took Filler. Filler, Zelensky, and Shane are off the board. So I took Shane. I'll, I'll take Shane and Jason Shaw. Shaw. All right. Rob, who do you want as your second? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Francisco Ruiz. FSR, that's a good one. All right, I'll take Albin. Okay, uh, our dark horse. Who do you got for a dark horse? Oh, I get to go. Uh, no, I guess I don't get to go first. I don't know. I go first. You can go first. It's dark horses. We shouldn't be stealing each other's anyways. Uh, Gerson Martinez. Gerson. All right. Who do you got, Rob? Who's your dark horse? Melling. Melling, all right. I can I can do yes. that. Yeah. My dark horse is going to be Daniel. Uh yeah, Daniel. Day Lewis. No. <laughs> My dark horse is Fedor. Shut up. Daniel Marcial. Marcial? No. Very good. Yeah, Fedor's gonna try Fedor's gonna find a way to win this from the US. <laughs> That's my dark horse. All right, I wrote all these down. This is going to be good. How far do you think Alex is going to go? Because Alex had a good derby, Peg too. Lion? Not yeah. far. He's a man. You don't think so? Huh? I, I don't think so. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm just speculating here. This is just my, you know, this is me just guessing. But uh, he's 40, 44, 45, going through an entire Derby City Classic. Going through a Derby City Classic like that, and now you're going to jump on a plane and go straight over there with the, you know, dealing with the the jet lag. And honestly, maybe maybe uh, being like ridiculously sleep deprived, maybe that's already your shock to the system, and then you'll transfer to the jet lag easier. I don't know, but that seems to be pretty pretty brutally tough on anybody. But uh, take somebody at least towards towards the tail end of their career, and I'm going to say that uh, that's going to be tough on them. I'd like to be proven wrong though. He's got such a great attitude. He just, he has a, he has what I think is a kind of a perfect mix of. Uh, killer and goofy. Focus and fun. Yeah, killer and goofy. <laughs> focus and fun. You know, I mean, you got, if you're going to have fun playing this game, you're not going to play very well, but you really got to focus. So it's a kind of the two-way yeah, street Alex there. Is- and you got to find that line right between them. And people don't uh, talk enough. Uh, grinding the last couple of years to really get did action matches and you know what I mean? Been going to big tournaments. Like he's, he's putting himself in to have a really great world time and his skill set. I, I think he's, you know, it's hard to argue. He's not the best all around player in the world. You know, when it's hard to argue that. Absolutely. So like, you know, he gives Tony Cohan nine, eight, you know, see you later, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, so, I mean, and he's su- super likable guy, you know, and really super likable. And, you know, oh, yeah, he was in the mix there at Derby, just coming off of a third place finish at Derby. So, uh, you know, 
and he 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 gave Shane his first loss at the Derby. So, you know, uh, anything can happen once the balls are open. And if he he gets his nose in, he knows how to move so well, can manage things, and he's got that killer instinct. So we'll see. Yep. Well, uh, <laughs> I became a a homeowner this morning. That was fun. Oh, congrats! Congrats on closing Yay. the deal. Proud of you. I bought the house. Do you have a view? Do you have a view of the freeway? No. I got a view of a lake. No. Ooh. Kind of. No, I, I mean, I don't. But I'm a block nice. away from a lake. Okay. So with a drone, I could see it. What's the town name that you're by? Um, technically, it's in like a, it's like a little tiny little thing called Newville. But Newville, Newville isn't really a, a city. It's, uh, it's Edgerton, I guess, that I technically belong to. Um, in between Edgerton and uh, a town called Milton. Uh, do I have a pool room? Okay. Yes, I do, Nate. I will have a nine-foot predator, which I have been uh, graciously hooked up with from uh, from Predator. Not hooked up with, well, yeah, basically hooked up with. Uh, and I will have a seven-foot valley because all of Wisconsin is basically valley pool tables and seven-footers. So I'll have the nine-foot for playing real pool, and I'll have the seven-footer to basically play on for one day before I go to a big event. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Go. We get to move in in two is, weeks. Is Alicia excited? No. She has to live with me. How could she be uh, excited? Well, no. <laughs> is Sam invited over? No. No cowboy fans uh, in my house. You have a point. But... There will be exactly zero cowboy fans to ever step foot in my house. <laughs> Ray looks so enthused uh, by this conversation right sorry, now. I'm just uh, <laughs> to peel off of working. <laughs> Give me one second. Have you met Nate's wife? I have Nate? not, no. But I'd like, oh. I'd like to give her a medal. You are you are missing out. I bet she's Ray will no longer you will Ray will no longer be participating be in the podcast ever again. <laughs> uh, one man should not uh, have this funny. much power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, band, the band hammer is strong with Nate Mindo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you will fall in love, Raymond. Trust me. No, I, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Nate has excellent, excellent taste in, in women, and I'm sure she's a, a sweetheart. So, yeah, look forward to ingratiating myself further with the Minden. Are you coming? Are, are you coming up to uh, the Wisconsin Open, right? For pred the Predator event? What's that? Um, I'm not sure yet. I have to look at uh, how much vacation time I have for the year and see if I want to. I might have to sacrifice either the uh, international probably the international open because I'll, I'll want to play the u.s open um so i got to check out exactly how much time i have but well, if you're, if you're, if you're cutting out. off the international open you sure as heck better not be coming to wisconsin open then that's right so we'll see yeah well all right one of the awesome last year yeah that looked really nice didn't it yeah i just wish it was uh like in the middle of winter, like right now would be a perfect time to have the Puerto Rico open coming from somebody where it's yeah. negative. Uh, I think when I got into my car this morning to go sign for my house, it was negative 26. The world, so, below, the world below nine zero. Oh, yeah. Minus 26 below zero. Yeah, yeah. The world nine ball starts tomorrow, right? If I'm not mistaken. 5 a.m. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning, our time here. Eastern time, 5 a.m. That's, I yep. think, Central. yeah, possibly. So it's like six our time. Yeah. Well, all right, well, 
that'll be awesome. I guess it, it'll be on the zone for table one. And I, th I guess the match from YouTube channels for the off tables. Okay. Yeah. So people check it out. Yeah. If I, if you don't hear from me, it's probably because I froze to death <laughs> for all my non us people. Uh, it's negative 32 degrees Celsius. You, you should get a cold plunge. I totally want to get a cold plunge tank. I've have done you it. Ever, have you ever, have and you ever done you one? You know what? It's not, it's not all cracked what it's cracked up to be cutting a hole in the ice and jumping in it's i i'm ha if i go visit you can we record this rob can i go in the ice because i'm from florida so it'll be probably yeah like no i've got a lot of ice around i got a pond right outside my back door cut a hole I'm, in it I, jump in. I will tell you what right uh i'm going to be living literally one block from a a lake that's probably a mile and a half no, it's probably a good three or four miles across. So there's plenty of room. You could even pick your whole location. I'm ready to go. Put me in. So? Yeah, we do things like have sails on little boards and go across the ice on them up here. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> good stuff. No, it's crazy. What's I want the coldest you've ever been in, Ray? Uh... Probably like six degrees. Okay, oh, that's 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 pretty cold then. I have in 1974 yeah. up in the northern part of Wisconsin, a on on the thermostat. This is not wind chill now. 54 below. I'm driving 35 miles to go to work. I get seven miles from my door, and my radiator freezes up solid, <laughs> and the truck stops. Holy crap! <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. I had to get towed to a shop to melt it. <laughs> Fantastic. There was, a uh, there was a stretch uh, when I was uh, at UW-Madison where it did not get above a negative 40 for a week, and it got as cold as negative 60. <laughs> I think it was like negative 62 or 3. And they didn't shut down school. They, they just let us walk around in it, so that was pretty fun. <laughs> That's the coldest I've ever experienced. Yeah. That, was, that was cold. I want to know who was the first guy that saw a frozen lake and – thought yes you know that's what i want to know i don't know but that person's probably not around anymore is my guess <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're not even talking about anything at this point we're just rambling so i don't okay. know anything else anything else you guys want to uh anything you want to promote or anything you want to push uh well, hey i'm going to give a tip out there to every 400 and 500 bargo number playing now Right now, quick tip. Just quit playing. See my no no. You see my you see my hand? See how level it is to the table? That's the way I want to see everybody stick from now on. Oh. <laughs> just like it, that. Not like this. Just like this. It is remarkable how much unnecessary elevation that can go into some people's games. It's almost a hundred percent of everybody that's five hundred and below. And I'm telling you. You change that one thing, and your whole game will change. I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Dominic Aragi from, from Laverne, Tennessee. He, uh, he uh, assembled this really beautiful cue for me to, to play with. Um, and he has this uh, hybrid shaft, which is uh, half wood and half carbon. And I mm. played in Derby City with a demo shaft that he had set me to fit my old cube. And... Uh, a guy 
like a few days right before the tournament. So I played half a match with it. I had kind of a easy draw and I busted it out at some point to kind of close a match and uh, ran a two pick. But uh, I spent some time practicing with it and playing with it and it got a lot of eyeballs at the ah. Derby because it's really a work of art. So um, I'm hitting balls with it, you know, now and kind of getting used to it and dialed in and stuff. But shout out to Dominic. He does amazing work. Some and uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, you can, uh, I think if you go to my, my, my page on Facebook, there's some photos that he had tagged me in, um, you can see it. So what's your name again? You're a great player for pool. Shout out to Mike D from Florida, my boy. He is like the most entertaining person in pool. He's great. And he will four rail you to death by the rail. So I know he's the most the stuff that like the way he just does hand banks it's like it's fascinating i met him in oklahoma for the first time uh for the shane and sky matchup when they played the 150 on the bar table and he's uh, the stuff that he does is just it's like just super fun yeah he's awesome it's fun to watch so yeah check that oh, out is this it right here potentially it's got my name on it so you'll 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 see it looks pretty old school no yeah. this this is is it is this it uh yes that's a photo somebody took of it but there's another photo on my page that has more close-ups of it Mac took that photo during the match that i got it and um it was pretty sweet but if you scroll down you'll there's a post there that has some of the photos really really sharp oh this is pretty neat yeah yeah hi guys so each one of those rings, if you look real close, each one of those is a slice of brass. And then dark parts around the brass is carbon fiber. And then the white is a MoMA, which is like a mammoth ivory imitation thing. Um, and then the wood is redwood lace burl and uh, Murata, I believe. So wow, pretty. 30 inch Q uh, with the 30 inch shaft. And then the shaft is the base is that same redwood lace burl and it goes into a 12 8 carbon. Uh, it's really, really crazy. So I really like this. That's pretty good. Is that like your actual signature? Or is that just like a, a font that he picked for? Uh, that's a font that he picked for it, but it okay. kind of it kind of looks a little bit like my signature. So I'm not mad at it. It's not Comic Sans. So that's that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Five times New Roman. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's a pretty sweet cue. Uh, tell him to ship me one too. Uh, I'll do my best. Yeah, I'll take one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's close it out there. Thanks everybody for uh, hanging out with us and just kind of chatting with us. It was fun. Uh, thanks for participating in the chat. Shout out to Tom and Mike the Lauder, uh, the most entertaining banker of his generation, and probably one of the most underrated bankers probably in the uh, the country. You gave know, Raymond a nice uh, compliment there. You don't great have, ambassador yeah. for a pool. I appreciate that. Yeah, nice. So, all right. Well, let's close it out. Uh, thanks, you guys, for joining me. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye, gentlemen.